Welcome to episode five of the Fuzz Club. Today we're talking about Lord Buffalo's Tohu Wabohu. And this was a recommendation from the band that we talked about on the last episode, Cyclona. I asked them if they had any recommendations for us on what we should do in a future episode. And this is what they told us to listen to. Uh, it was definitely a little bit out of my comfort zone, but I'm glad that we, we dove into it. So we're going to, we're going to talk about it. And, and um, I thought it was an interesting listen. So um, before we get into it too much, let's do some quick intros. Brett, you want to lead us off? Hi, I'm Littlefoot from the band Brett. <laughs> uh, yep. I'm the bad guy in this episode. Cause I was not a fan. <laughs> Hell of, way to start. hell of a way to start uh <laughs> my name is jad uh i run blues funeral recordings the label that released the record we're talking about today so i think you can imagine i'm going to be uh standing on that side of the the pro side of the line which here. is okay we can be I friends and disagree it's okay <laughs> uh ryan i'm ryan from hydrogen queen uh, I'm the singer in the band. I also run Lick My Spoon Productions, and I'm friends with Lord Buffalo, but I'm also a fan. Whoa, whoa, whoa. all right. I'm friends with Lord Buffalo also. I mean, just <laughs> I didn't, didn't know we were going down the whole resume here. I could, uh... <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I'm Blake. Uh, I'm Iwas. I'm not friends with Lord Buffalo. I'm sure they're great guys, though. They are great guys. <laughs> so. I didn't know Lord Buffalo very well before this episode. I knew of them, but I didn't know their music very well. So it was cool for me to just to, to kind of go down that, that rabbit hole with them and check this album out. But I did find a description that I liked today when I was doing a little bit more research about them. I don't remember if it was from their band camp or what it was, but I'll read it right now. I thought it was kind of interesting. Lord Buffalo is a mud folk band from Austin, Texas, whatever that is. They make music together under cover of darkness. Their songs are bricks with which a... Uh, to build a house slowly. They will not be rushed. They will not be quiet. They are trees clapping, rocks crying, and the whistle in your snore. So I thought that that was interesting, but oddly accurate for some, for some reason. <laughs> the mud folk thing always bothered me. I always felt like that almost sounded so tongue in cheek when I read it, that it was doing them a disservice. Like people are going to think you're not taking what you do seriously, but uh yeah. I don't know. Three years later, I hadn't been able to pry it loose from their, uh, <laughs> they're clutching it tightly. But they, I, think that- I mean, they, they kind of have like a sound kind of like King Buffalo, which gets a lot of praise from stoner, the, the stoner community. But at the, in the same breath, like they're very like indie folk. They're like a dark indie folk band or something. So like, I totally understand why people kind of like overlook them in this scene specifically, but you know, the more diving into it, you get that feel of like desert stoner, but also very much not at all. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I almost heard like Murder by Death uh, mixed with All Them Witches. Mm-hmm. Those are great touchstones because I heard the Murder by Death thing when I first came across them. And I'm a Murder by Death fan from a, a fair bit back. So, yeah, especially the older stuff. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Same. So we, we obviously kind of uh went over that we had very different opinions on this album already so let's save that for just a minute jad why don't you tell us how you got involved with lord buffalo and ended up putting this record out on blues funeral sure um so i i actually i was i was attending the first uh, monolith on the mesa fest in 2019 in may and 
I had really, I was less than a year into running the label. I mean, I was, I was working for Magnetic Eye Records at the time and I'd run labels before, but Blues Funeral was pretty new. And I, I kind of had somewhat of a plan in mind of what I was going to do. And I, I wasn't looking for bands because um, I wasn't going to run it like a traditional label, but I went to Monolith just to, I mean, to be there, sell some records. It's here in New Mexico where I'm located. So it was cool that they were doing a fest here and uh, spent some time with a couple of friends and, and just see some great music out in the desert. But I tried to see at least a, a few songs of every band that played during the, the couple of days that I was there. And I think I went into the indoor stage area when they were close to finishing up their set. I think they were on like their last couple of songs and I didn't, you know, again, I went in with no foreknowledge whatsoever and I, I walked in and they were just, just destroying. I mean, just this cacophony of like the drums and the, the, the crazy distorted violin and, and, that was like, I mean, I, I think I caught like the last two minutes of a particular song where they were just, they were just melting the place down. But then I think maybe if I'm remembering right, they played one more tune and it was much more in line with what you hear on the record. It was more sort of spacious and atmospheric. And I was like, who, who the hell is this? And the, the great thing about, I mean, Music Fest in general and that fest in particular is that uh, the organizer Roman and uh, the original organizer Dano put they paired a lot of just brutally heavy bands with a few bands like this where it was more like I said a little more sort of delicate and atmospheric and you could kind of trip out to it a little bit and I find that heavy music fans overall and especially like stoner rock and doom metal fans have room in their listening and in their hearts for this kind of stuff. I think this is why fans of this kind of music also love bands like Woven Hand, why Woven Hand is, is so beloved amongst fans of brutally heavy music. It's just for some reason it translates. And I heard them play and I was just, I mean, you know, the, the phrase my mind was blown holds almost no <laughs> meaning anymore because people use it all the time, but it, but it really did blow my mind. And uh, I think I sought out one of the guys just after the set um, didn't want to like take up too much, you know, be one of those, Oh, you guys are great. We should do something together. Cause I, you know, how many bands have stories like that and nothing ever comes of it, but I did actually follow up with them and it worked out to, uh, they had a record kind of done and ready to do something with. And I thought, I think that the, the listeners that I'm used to presenting music to who tend to like the heavier stuff that I work with, which at the time was like Domcraft, um, or Lowrider or Elder, I think they'll like this. I think they will be able to accept this and get into it and release the record. And I was pleased to find that I was basically right. I mean, it, it was really widely kind of enjoyed and a lot of people really dug it and got into it. And it, and it was a nice counterpoint to so much stuff that comes out in, in that just pummelingly heavy uh, vein. And uh, so I was, I was really pleased. We ended up, I think, I did a repress that I'm actually almost out of. So it's been, uh, it's been a consistent seller. It's been a band that once people see them, they kind of go, Oh wow. Yeah. I had no idea, but it works perfectly with other heavy bands at music fests and on tours and so forth. So yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I'm very, very happy with that decision. And I, I'm very fortunate to have uh, come across them the way I did and had it work out with that. They were looking to do something right at the time that I was totally not looking for a band, but ended up getting involved with them anyway. So as somebody that 
was blown away by their live performance and the person that literally put the record out, how do you feel that that performance aspect translates to record? Because there's definitely moments in this record that I was like, oh, here we go. There's a little bit of distortion there. It's a little bit heavier. It picks up a little bit. But it was just like few and far between. How do you feel like some of that translates to record from from being blown away in, in a live setting? Uh, the record is more kind of meditative. Um, it, I mean, even at its its most intense, heavy moments, it's not heavy, heavy. Yeah. Um, it's big and it and it and it kind of grabs you and and sucks you in. But they get, oh, I don't know, the term heavy is going to get real. Uh, <laughs> real vague and hard to use pro- the way I mean it uh, talking about this band, but yeah. they can be loud and they can play on the same fest on the same stage with, with traditional heavy bands effortlessly on record. It, it's a little more subdued, but it's sure. still, it still translates. Okay. I, I feel like part of that is almost kind of like how there's a lot of influence that people maybe don't realize of uh, velvet underground in, uh, in what, you know, stoner and doom and stuff like that, especially the droning, uh, you know, and they, they weren't exactly using distortion pedals. They were just loud as fuck. Yeah. yeah. Right. So well, how's everyone I, feel I just generally? Right on this? As... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was saying that on the, uh, you know, putting together ripple fest, um, I loved having them on ripple fest because there was the, the uniqueness and the difference of breaking up of what uh, different kind of bands that I had there. And I was a band, I was somebody who I, I was, I've seen them play small venues, you know, here in Austin quite a bit and, and got to know them with my, with my band being from Austin. But when I saw them play at Psycho Las Vegas in um, a house of blues and watched people by like the third song really go, okay, this isn't heavy, but this shit makes me move. And everyone was grooving to it. They really, I was like, man, these guys are killing it. Cause they, are they really won that crowd over really quick. And, oh, it was, it was, you could feel it in the room. Like mm-hmm. I remember going, I, I was a fan and I was actually kind of nervous for them. I was nervous <laughs> for them. Their plan, you know, cause it's not at all that, that year, especially, I mean, I hate God was like two bands later. It was just like right. heavy, heavy metal. And uh, they really, by like the second or third song, uh, when they played the the song, it's called High Berry. I remember specifically them playing that, and like everyone just started moving and like grooving to it. And then people started like, it's not a mosh band, but everybody's head was moving as if it was heavy, even though it's not. It it's its own brand of heavy, in my opinion. Like it just feels heavy, but there's a fiddle player up there, you know. Yeah. Like it's it's different. There's definitely, a, at least if nothing else, a, a kind of a darkness to it. It's not like a, a happy indie folk Absolutely. feeling. It's, it's got a darkness to it for sure. And there's plenty of songs on here that I felt like had kind of this like swagger of like some of the darker Queens of Stone Age stuff, some of the guitars, some of the, the swagger to it. There's definitely a Nick Cave vibe here and there. There's definitely bits that are dark yeah, and I get that. kind of like moody and stuff like that. But there is also plenty that kept it very folky and and whatnot. So what Blake, Brett, people that maybe were, were not a fan originally, what were kind of your general thoughts on, on the album itself? What did you feel? Cause I'm assuming that neither one of you really knew this band very well going into it. How did you approach it? Cause, cause for me, 
I didn't know the band. And on first listen, I was like, oh, this is going to be a really tough episode. I don't think this is for me. But I listened to it like, I don't know, at least 10 times. And by the end of it, I picked out a lot of stuff that I really did enjoy. And I, I'm glad that we kind of got stuck talking about this album because of Cyclona recommending it to us. And I, I enjoyed a lot of it. So, I mean, I think it's definitely... I hope this doesn't sound like a backhanded compliment or, or an insult. It, it's 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 a real conversation starter of an album mm-hmm. um, because there's a lot going on. There's a lot of textures. Um, there's a lot of feels uh, to the album. Um, and for me, on first listen, I was like, okay, I, I need this to be about 40 times heavier. Um, <laughs> that's, also, that's also my inclination just with music a lot of the time. Um, not to say that I don't like a lot of softer stuff, but you know, in terms of my my general listening habits, I'm going for heavy. Uh, but as I listened to it more and more, I started, it was really the textures and the different, um, evocative sensations that it would bring about, uh, really started to grow on me. Um, and I found myself hearing different things each time that I listened to it, especially in that first song, uh, Raziel. Yeah. Um, you know, I felt like that song kind of encapsulated the entire album. I mean, it kind of had it all. I had like this long atmospheric intro, but it picks up towards the middle and the end. And it kind of felt like it it wraps up the whole album into into that intro song. Not to be all English major, but it was, it was kind of like a thesis statement. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. You're, you're better at saying words than me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I don't want to hijack your take, but I I think it's really kind of a vibe record. Well, as, as a previous English major, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna not interject over that. But um, no, I mean, I think it's a vibe record. It's like it's it's not something that you look to, or at least for me. And as again, as the guy who put it out, I don't necessarily as often go. I want to hear this song. I don't maybe grab a song off of their record and put it on a playlist. It's more like yeah. I want to put this on in the evening if I'm if I end up like kind of working late and I don't want to just have like, you know, the same heavy stuff I've been listening to all day on, I want to have sort of more of a, an eerie kind of dark vibe (laughs) happening in the background. That's and just let it play from start to finish. I will go to this record for that more so than where I might, you know, some of my favorite records where I'm like, Oh, I just want to hear this tune or I want this song on while I'm riding my bike. And I have a particular song that I pull out. This is less that type of record for me. It, it kind of felt like it, it could be like a really good movie score or something at, at a lot of parts. Like it, it felt like I wanted to see that movie. And again, I, I felt the same way. It's not something that I would necessarily add a song to a playlist or listen to it when I'm working out or anything, but it felt like there was so much mood there that it would be a great movie score. <laughs> yeah. I listened to it for like 30 seconds and was like, I bet these guys moved to Austin from Portland. <laughs> I was like, no, no, and there's no nothing to be taken harshly from that. It's just I was like, I was like walking down the street in Portland. Like, seems like something I would end up hearing. So, Brett, what do you feel like this was lacking? What do you think that they should improve upon that would would, would get back up to your good graces? Well, and once again, I'm not like trying to be a dick or anything, but like to me, it just didn't like. And also, I'm gonna go see him live now for sure. Yeah. Because I'm hearing a lot of good things about yeah, live. You'll be sold to see him live. There's bands I've seen that I hated, and then I saw them live, and I was like, "Man, those guys fucking rip." Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
And I mean, like, actual bands that I hated, not bands that I listened to their album. was like, not really mine, you know? Like, uh, but I don't know. I just, like, listening to the songs, did not. it didn't really feel honest to me. Felt like being weird for the sake of being weird, not like somebody that writes weird songs and they just happen to be dope songs. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, got, I just didn't quite feel honest to me. Like, once again, like, I'm sorry for saying that directly to you but i'm not gonna sit here and shake your hand and lie to you and be like i fucking loved it best band i've ever heard i I have i have no doubt whatsoever (laughs) that if you see them play it will eradicate that feeling at the very least you may not you may a lot of bands do that to me yeah you may you may i'm not gonna say that it's gonna automatically sell you on okay this is now my favorite band or i want to listen to this all the time (laughs) any question about the authenticity of what they're doing um yeah, will be erased and or yeah. an- answered. I think. Jad, do you know if they're from Austin originally? Uh, at least two or three of the dudes are. Um, I want to say mm-hmm. that yeah. the singer, uh, Danny, he might he might be from somewhere else. I don't know. I'm, it's nagging at me that I don't, I, I don't want to him to being from somewhere he's not i have like i have oklahoma in the back of my mind i don't know if he's from there or if i'm just remembering a show they played i think maybe he moved that's what i was gonna say okay well maybe that's maybe we're both remembering that because it's true um but i think at least uh, half the band or more is from is from uh yes from austin i i just asked because i I was kind of the opposite of uh brett because i lived in austin for a long time i heard like this is an austin band um you know, it kind of encapsulates the sound of this, well, what the city used to be, um, you know, and kind of a lot of the underground music coming out of there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, uh, for me, yeah, they, just like, they're not, they don't need to be heavy for it to work. I guess. Like I keep referencing some of the same bands, like a Godspeed, you black emperor. I thought Nick cave was a great touchstone. Um, like I said, woven hand or 16 horsepower, the precursor to woven hand. I mean, these are the bands that I hear and, other bands that I love um, that to me, they're coming from that same sort of dark Gothic folk Americana uh, cloth that, that yeah, it just, I got a sweet spot for it. And I don't often have a lot of time to go searching for music outside the genres that I work in. So it was nice to have it sort of just thrown at me and end up being able to have it in my world because I probably wouldn't have had time to go find it otherwise. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, and they're a band that like they they can play with just about any genre. And I've been fortunate enough to be here in Austin to see them several yeah. times. But I've seen them play on like I've seen them play on death metal bills. Right. You know, I've seen them play on straight up uh, venues that play like country and Americana. Uh, so I think that's you know that's impressive to me that they can do all of that uh, and still be themselves because they're still. You, you're mentioning all these bands that they remind you of, and 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 I agree, but they are still incredibly unique. Uh, oh yeah, in that, and I've seen like I've known these, I've known the the uh, the violinist or fiddle player uh, for a long time. Uh, back like in early two thousands, I had a band, uh, and, and he and he had a different band, and we used to play together all the time, and to hear even how like he's how far he's coming as a musician 
and he's surrounded and he's that band is extremely talented um it is kind of it's really it's really impressive to 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 see what he's done and who he's come about and that idea that blake says that it sounds very austin uh it is because (laughs) austin likes it weird and they are weird and I, i can't tell you how many times people i've been at their shows and people walk in like is that guy playing a violin? What is this? And then two songs in, they're they're all in. They they really dig it. Why do you think that there aren't more heavy bands with violin though? Because I love it every single time that I hear it, and it seems like a lot of bands, especially heavy bands, metal bands, like to add keys and uh, you know stuff like that in there. And I I rarely feel like that's. I can what? answer that. Yeah, I got an answer too. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Put up an ad for a fiddle player for your doom band and see how many responses you get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'll and I'll add to that. It's pretty fucking hard to learn to play the violin to the yeah. degree that you need to be able to play it to like I mean, I I can think of at least two bands off the top of my head who wanted a keyboard player and actually got somebody who didn't play keyboards to be the keyboard player. That's how not to not to shit on really good, talented keyboard players, but right. yeah. you can kind of stumble into a room and pick out a little bit of a melody on a keyboard if you have no idea what you're doing. I don't think anybody can pick up a violin and yeah. like pass an audition if they don't know what the hell they're doing. So. I think that heavy bands need more violin. That's all I'm saying, man. And I, I think that it's good every single time well, that I hear it. I think it adds so well, much and there's like this darkness to it. I love it. Well, yeah, then let, me, let, let me recommend. Uh, let, me awesome. let me recommend the debut record from the Odolith that I'm putting out later this month. <laughs> if you yeah. haven't already heard it, awesome. Uh, I did see on a video of the song "Doghead," which is on this this record. Um, there was like a live performance of it, and the guitarist was using a, like a bow on the guitar. Is that something that they do frequently, or is it just that song? Or yeah, I've seen him do that live. Okay. I mean, he, he he usually plays that big hollow body guitar, and he gets that kind of great, almost uh, almost cello sounds out of it, you know. And it, it just adds to the texture and in, in, in the darkness of of what they do. It's and it, at first it's like it's not a flaunt. It's not like a look how talented we are. It just it, it it's adding like to the music. It's really it's really like they're incredible musicians. They're, it's really really cool. And they don't actually have a. a- they don't have a bass player, so they just have they have drums, violin, guitar, right. and then the other guitarist is sort of guitar slash weird sounds, and he's got like a he's got yeah. like a little rack of stuff that he kind of messes with while they're when they play live, and I think he's the one who brings out the bow sometimes and and just does other mm-hmm. just other other random shit, and they I mean yeah. Okay, so for this yeah, album, unique does for anyone sure. have any? favorite tracks on this album or least favorite tracks on this album i mean i, I already said mine the first first song Razio. Okay. yeah no comment like, all right this is this is this is a song <laughs> i mean that that track for me actually is is in my top two i think uh that one and holly berry are, are my top are my top two um Holly Berry, maybe out of every out of the whole record, is maybe functions best as a standalone song. It's either that or Doghead, but but Reziel just it's just such a it just creates a sensation right off the bat. Like you don't, uh, I just like it just feel like it could be noon and you know a hundred degrees outside, and you put that song on, and it suddenly feels like evening next to a lake, uh, you know, with like cool wind blowing and locusts in the trees. It's just uh, it's just fucking perfect. 
Yeah, I, I did like Holly Berry yeah. a lot, and and actually the title track Tohu Wabohu I thought was was pretty good. It's got kind of that like dark swagger that I was talking about earlier. But I did feel like after that, the last three, I felt like the album kind of fizzles out. I felt like the, the, those last three were maybe a little bit more like ballad like or something, and it was just a, I thought it kind of fizzled out after those top like five six songs. So. More like uh, soundtrack music, I guess, towards the end. But yeah, uh, to me. Uh, like when I heard the record, Holly Berry was my favorite track right off the bat. I thought that was such a great song, got a good hook, yeah, really different. When I saw him live, uh, the self-titled track is so big and so awesome live that you know, just like anybody, when we go see a band live, that we're totally floored by it. Anytime we hear the song on the record, now it takes us back to that time mm-hmm. live, and and that is by that is. To me, it's it's first, and it's a it's a way out there, like because it just I was my body was moving, I couldn't help but move to that song. And when they're doing like the hold it in, hold it, in, like everyone's just singing it. I mean, it was just it the, all the all the vocals sounded so big, and the way it just stopped was awesome. Uh, and to me, I think you're right. Maybe the last part of the album isn't as strong, but because for me, as, as soon as that last vocal line on that song happens that's the that's the that's the peak of the record in my opinion yeah yeah what about their more recent albums jad you might maybe know this or or ryan better than anyone um have they evolved at at all since this album i know this came out in 2020 what do they have they changed their sound are they still working on different kind of stuff or uh they did a split that was a little bit more of an experiment so i don't know if you could gauge like their evolution. Cause I think they were trying to do something different, like on purpose, as opposed to just following where the band was going to go. The pale horse, pale rider. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That was the first time I heard them. That, I heard a lot of good things about that one though. I heard a that, lot of people talk about it. That's, that's my favorite work by them actually is that record. Uh, and it's pretty much a, from what I can understand from what I, uh, it's a concept record. Like they were with Pale Horse Pale Rider was like a concert record of, of okay, we're gonna make it sound like the desert, uh, and you know, I mean, I I could be wrong on some of that. I, I actually got that from talking to the Pale Horse Pale Rider guys uh, more than anything else. That sounds um, right. But that's yeah, that that's my in my opinion their strongest work, and and I've been a fan since their first record. <laughs> I just think it's they've I do see some evolution in how they've played. I, and I think them doing concept records, in my opinion, is the way to go because they would be able to capture whatever sound and and ambiance they're trying to create. Real quick, before we move forward, while we got our homie over here on, uh, can you elaborate on the meaning of the title of the album? Oh, shoot. He told me what it was. Uh, it is, I think it's Hebrew but I don't remember what it means. They explained it to me when they were first, we were first talking about the record, but there was, this was in 2019. And uh, I, I looked it up a little bit and thank God. <laughs> from what I, from what I could gather, it's like the, I knew Ryan would do the homework. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's talking about like the Genesis of earth, like the condition of the earth. And it r- roughly translates. It depends like which version you're reading or whatever it kind of translates to without form and void or unseen and unformed earth basically. And again, I, I thought, I thought it was kind of like oddly accurate for this album. I don't know if that's, you know, why they kind of went with that, but I was like, okay, it is very earthy. And even the the album cover, 
you know, and, and all the music. Stuff, I, I started to kind of understand it, and I thought that was that was cool. See, I wonder. Yeah, I've been that's... calling it Chumba Wumba for like two weeks. <laughs> we'll have to look up what Chumba Wumba means, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember. I remember the genesis uh, of the earth. <laughs> um, I wonder if, if that formlessness is also <laughs> important to, to keep in mind in terms of, for example, why Brett, you might not have liked it as much, is because the songs don't have necessarily a traditional song structure, at least in terms yeah. of how I was listening to them. I, I, I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, I mean, every time we do one of these, I just put on the album and let it roll a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, I I just noticed that there was that that title is kind of a little more prescient now because the the kind of deviance from traditional structures I thought yeah. was one of the most interesting things about it and what really caught me once I started to pick up on that. Yeah. I did want to read um, what Eddie, who is normally on here, had to say about it. Uh, he couldn't make the podcast, but he did have a, a, a few thoughts on it. And this seemed more like an Eddie album. So it was a shame that he wasn't on here. I'm sure he liked it. It seems like he's into to more of that atmospheric type stuff. So um, he said that uh, I do like the album. It's something I'd probably only listen to in a certain mood. Definitely music that's outside the box and refreshing to hear if you're stuck in a rut, finding new music to explore. Reminds me of how diverse and abstract Pussifer gets as it has kind of an anxiety-ridden structure that keeps you wondering what's going to happen next within the song phrases. Sometimes it just leaves you with an uncomfortable feeling, but that's a good thing because it keeps you on your toes and interested in what they will do. There's a well-placed majestic listening parts to balance out the odd vibes. I do love the eerie atmosphere of this album, which I would agree with. Pretty yeah, good I review. I agree with a lot of what he had to say. Yeah. Yeah, I wish he was oh. here. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else yeah. about this album that uh, anyone had? Uh, either pro or con, either way. I know we're not yeah, going to talk just, about the album art, but I loved it. Did yeah, you, I, I mean, I, I do, ha I do have it. I could show it, but I, I felt like show the listeners. Um, let me see if I can find it. But yeah, I the, all their albums kind of seem to have kind of a similar um, theme. Uh, that's kind of like again, kind of earthy, you know. The band, I think Earth. Garrett from the band does their own. He does the artwork, I think, for everything. Um, he also does a lot of their video work and so forth. So they're they're pretty multi talented and in, in terms of being able to convey, you know, a particular aesthetic, both visually and sonically. Yeah. Does anyone know where this uh, photo was taken? Is it Texas? I actually don't I mean, know. I remember it was one of it like, look like nine, nine different yeah. uh, shots they showed me when they were trying to choose their album cover, but. Once again, looks like the West Coast. Can you guys blame me? <laughs> I, I hear that, although I don't, I don't, I don't see that as a negative. When you were, when you were saying this record sounded like walking down the street of Portland, I'm like, what, what, what's wrong with that? <laughs> well, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying, like, I would guess that's where they were from. I, I yeah, was I'm, intrigued by the record because I don't see their name on it. Right. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know if that was just what I was seeing on Apple Music, but I don't even see the no, name right. or the album title on it, which is I don't see it on unique. this one, and it's usually pretty small and and not very like bold on their other albums either. But I don't see it at all on this one. So see, I kind of like that. It's kind of like saying this album stands for itself. Listen to the album. Don't necessarily think about like what you know about Lord Buffalo or what you know about a single or something that you've heard from it. Take this as as a one piece. Like to me, I thought of this album as something that that honestly 
I, I kind of want on vinyl because it sounds like a vinyl experience as opposed to a more digital experience, like getting that additional warmth, I feel like would contribute. Sure. It does sound great on vinyl. It really does. And, and I, I, I like the album art uh, for a lot of the reasons you said, Blake, I, I think that, I think sometimes as, as you know, a musician myself and in a band, we try, we, we define we try too hard to make it make sense uh, and something simplistic and easy like that uh, leaves a lot to be explained. And that's kind of how sometimes it should be right. Where we can kind of make up our own uh, ideas as to what that album is, uh, what it's about, but it's ironically, I think we all agree looking at that album cover and listening to the record, it fits. Oh yeah. 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 Even, even the album name, I thought that it all kind of fit together after, after listening to it. Uh, at least 10 times. I don't know how After many times. listening, translating. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Well, you asked about their other stuff. So they've only released that other EP and then they, they have, I believe they have most of a new record in like in the can, um, either finished or very close to it. Uh, I haven't heard it yet, but um, I, I can't wait to hear it because when I, when I became acquainted with them, they basically already had this done. So this record is now really four ish years old. Mm-hmm. So I'm certainly very wow. uh, anxious to see wh- what they've done, how they've grown, what they've changed, what they've added um, on their newer stuff. I'd like to hear it too. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? Shout out oh. to Cyclona for, uh, for, Nah, recommending this one um you know it, it's definitely not one that i don't think that and we I, would have brought up on our own to uh, to talk to uh talk about so shout out to cyclona for recommending it yeah that's a good suggestion and from a, and a side note about cyclona i note about them as i asked him about it you know they had not really listened to the record until they played shows with them he had mm-hmm. now I, phil had seen him at the same show i saw him at uh Psycho Las Vegas, and, and he was really floored. But he's kind of like you, Ryan, where he's like, "Man, if it's not fuzzy, I'm not." He doesn't really listen to it. Yeah. And then he went on tour. You know, they did some shows with him, and once again, seeing him live, he was like, "Okay, these guys are badass." Which is, I think, why the suggest and they just did it, which is why the suggestion was probably so fresh in his brain. And I think it's a great suggestion because. Shows a slightly fuzzed goes uh, outside the realm of just fuzz. <laughs> Absolutely, and and I mean, there's there's plenty of people that that are going to listen to this that definitely listen to the desert type of folk and and this kind of stuff. And this is definitely right there. I mean, it's definitely on, on the on the cusp of what we're always talking about, and that's what makes this podcast interesting to me and and fun to me is that listening to this stuff that we don't always agree on or always even really like, and and just kind of diving deep into it and making yourself listen to it more than you, you normally would have. So I thought it was perfect for that. So it, it was a fun one to, to dive into. For Agreed. Me. Yeah. And Jad, thank you for, for giving us some insight into, uh, you know, how you came across them and, and what no, you it's, it's my pleasure to, to talk about it. And, you know, I appreciate you guys all giving it a chance, whether it grabbed you immediately or, or wasn't your thing, or if it, if you liked it as much as I do, um, I always, appreciate any opportunity to shine a light on these bands and the records that I was privileged to get to put out. So, yeah. So let's wrap up. Uh, everyone want to talk about what they're up to and, and what they have coming up, right? You want to lead us off? 
Yep. Littlefoot EP coming out November 11th. So look for that pre-order. Also, before I sign off and say goodbye to everybody, Jad, Garney, I hope you guys appreciate me for my honesty. <laughs> and don't be mad at me for my honesty. <laughs> and if the band watches this, it's nothing personal at all. I'm just not going to lie to you. I would tell my best friend if I didn't like his record. Fair enough. <laughs> Jed? Uh, well, I'm working on a lot of stuff. Um, for Blues Funeral, I have uh, the first album from The Odolith coming out uh, in October. Uh, speaking of bands with, with violins in them, they have two. Um, this is the band that essentially has four of the five members of Sub Rosa. Um, so for everybody who was a Sub Rosa fan and was bummed when that band dissolved, uh, this will give you something to uh, be hopeful about and look forward to. Um, I also run Magnetic Eye Records. We've got uh, two records coming out this month. Uh, the new album from Ruby the Hatchet comes out in October which was a big one. They haven't had an album since 2017. They just got back from a tour with Elder. Uh, they crushed. Um, if you are interested in the idea of a band who's just channeling that sort of vintage, heavy psych, I mean, they sound like I don't know, the, the, the heaviest, most rocking versions of Fleetwood Mac or late 70s Heart that you can uh, think of, except modern. Um, definitely want to check that out uh and coming out before that is the new album from costa casanova this is a dc band who god if i had this whole podcast to myself for an hour i still wouldn't be able to probably do justice to them with a with a simple description but they they combine uh weird sort of angular quirky proggy stuff with just straight ahead driving grooves um they are a bizarre band and talk about a band that would probably give you be a head scratcher for you guys going, what the fuck are they doing? Um, but then, then they just drop into this just churning like head nodding groove. And you're like, wow, where the hell did that come from? Four minutes into a song where I, I couldn't keep track of the time signatures or what they were doing. Um, they're just a, they're a killer band and they're, they're another band that I didn't totally get it until I saw them live. Um, and then it was just an instant shift. So that comes out shortly. Um, and then I also sing in the band Blue Heron, and, and we're just putting the finishing touches on a split release coming out next year with Ryan's band, uh, High Desert Queen, uh, on Ripple Music. So we cool. just finished three new songs. They've got three new songs. Uh, we're, we're getting the art together right now, and that should be out uh, in time for High Desert Queen's European tour, if all goes well. Which leads us to you. Yeah, right? we're looking forward to that. I was worried you weren't going to say anything. I was, I was worried, Jad, wasn't going to say anything about how he's a killer front man because Blue well, Heron rips. And yep. see, those, see those guys live is amazing, too. Thanks. But, we only spend too much time uh, talking yeah. on the podcast about so what I'm we doing. Gotta, so. <laughs> so, so we got a split coming out with Blue Heron, of course. Uh, that'll be our next release. Uh, we just announced on, I guess that was friday that we'll be playing desert fest london uh which we're really excited about that's going to be a killer lineup Congrats. and that will start a yeah we're, we're really really excited about that i mean some of the bands are on that are, are phenomenal and we we will be announcing there's some some that i know that we can't announce yet some other festivals and throughout uh europe that we'll be playing um, and so we have a pretty extensive tour that we will be doing in 2023 through the UK and Denmark and Germany and all over. 
that's going to be awesome. And then, of course, I know I mentioned last time on here what I'm super excited about. Also, before all that, is uh, here in, here another week and a half or so we go on the road with Fatso Jetson for a quick run of tours, and more importantly, we play a desert a generator party uh, on someone's ranch. And that's going to be like a very moving moment for me because that's where it all started. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Very cool. Blake. It's awesome. I, I don't have anything that cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, mostly just been, uh, been a little quiet on the socials lately. Uh, been working on a second album, wrapping that up right now. Um, probably going to send that off for mixing and mastering within about uh, two, three weeks. So uh Big, big, busy times over here. Cool. Well, uh, that concludes episode five. Awesome, um, we'll we'll hop on to the the after hours. If everyone wants access to the after hours podcast, you need to subscribe, and we'll send that out. But um, thanks everybody. Thanks for checking it out, and go check out Lord Buffalo's Tohu Wabohu, and let us know what you think. I guess. I concur. Check it out, and thank you guys again for having me. Yeah. Right on. See ya. <laughs>